This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls have plenty. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into the prime to be the role models, dreams, and voices. About to show these boys how we do it. Higher, further, faster, baby. It's not about deserve. I'm not an owl! A girl has no name. There is something supernatural at work here. It's about what you believe. Did I stop on your mom? The Guardian Leviosa. From now on, you do as I do. May the odds be ever in your favor. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Herring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, I'm Amanda, and with me today is my awesome, hilarious, wonderful, and over there in getting proceedingly, exceedingly darker Austria co-host Monica. It's dark. It looks dark you where you are. It's dark. It is dark. That is true. Yeah. Oh, I, I yeah, feel like indeed. the last time I saw you in Squadcast, it was not as dark. It's well, that was because we started at 3, 3 p.m. my time or something. But yes, it's also getting darker. And thank you for reminding me. I didn't notice that that is actually happening because I never see the outside world. <laughs> I feel you. As you do. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to be here today with you and with our amazing, awesome, wonderful, hilarious guest, Justin. Hi, Justin. Yay. Hello. Hi, Justin. <laughs> We're Hello. excited to have you on. I'm excited that the internet and life is working this time. Oh, yeah, that is I true. Know. Makes a big difference. Yes. Makes a really big difference. Uh, I know Justin from Facebook, believe it or not, um, from those Yay. random Facebook podcast communities. And Justin had a nerdy podcast. We have a nerdy podcast. And, well, we just became friends. And, boy, am I ever what glad. What do you mean we have a nerdy podcast? <laughs> That's sorry, we have a geeky me. podcast. It's it's a geeky podcast. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Isn't that the, generally the same? Yeah. Generally. Is there a difference? I wonder. I think there is. I think if you I ask. Think, I mean, there I think like a, yeah. I think like there geek are is definitely more like superheroes and comic books and board games and stuff. And like, like if you're going to get technical nerd, it's more like computers and tech and mm. pocket protectors. Pocket protectors? Pocket protectors. Yeah, you don't want ink stains. No what ink stains that? around here. Oh, well, it's when you're wearing a white dress shirt and you've got a pocket here. You can't see that because my mic's in the way. So we're going to pretend that the pocket is here and you put your pens in the pocket. However, pen ink on a white shirt, that's a bad time. So you put in like a plastic sheet of pocket protecting and then you can put your pens in there. That's a bit it's bonkers, a real isn't thing. it? It is a real thing. It's. It's like a, a stereotypically thing. nerdy thing, like 80s, 90s, yeah. North American nerds. Yeah, very much so. Um, that stereotype is to this. still a real thing, and it's yep. kind of crazy. <laughs> but yeah, so the moral of that story is that pins suck and nerds are awesome. Agreed. But, did you just say pins suck? <laughs> yeah. They do. Okay. <laughs> I broke my pen Fuck today. Fuck you, pins. So can confirm that it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time remembering when I when I la I mean I'm having one in my hand now I don't know why but it's there but I hardly ever use them. That's why my the handwriting only... looks like absolute shite already. <laughs> <laughs> the only solution is just throw in the trash. It's the only answer. True. You just see a pen, just break it in half. <laughs> You're learning. <Just> like, <laughs> Look at that. That is what 
this world needs is just action and it's dedication <laughs> dedication <laughs> and a huge fuck it all attitude <laughs> yeah amen especially okay. this year it's no better time yes that is so true yeah so i am going to tell you a little bit about our friend justin williams here Justin is the host of Super Tangent Podcast, which is a nerdy podcast, all talking all things nerdity and geek culture and pop culture and all the good stuff, because nerds are cool. He has recently celebrated 50 episodes of his podcast, which means we're going for over a year now. Woohoo! Congratulations, Justin. He is a professional audio editor um, with his own business. And he is the dad to the cutest little girl who does make the occasional appearance on his Facebook stories and live videos. <laughs> yes. Uh, so how'd I do, Justin? How was my introduction to you? That was the worst <laughs> thing I've ever heard oh. in my life. All of that <laughs> wow. was false. That was perfect. You described me like if I died tomorrow, I would want you to say that at my funeral. That was perfect. Aww. I, I will mark that. that down in, in your will. But oh, please don't Thank die you. tomorrow. Thank please you very don't. much. Yeah. yeah. Right. No. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So um, do you want to tell us a bit more who you are? What what's what's uh, and then we'll get in the rapid fire and then we're gonna get right into the nitty gritty of the show. Knit and grits. Yeah, okay. Um my name is Justin. Um, I started Super Tangent Podcast in 2017. Me and my best friend, when we were in college, we would always have these really um, annoyingly sophisticated conversations about like pop culture <laughs> politics and things like that. And by annoyingly sophisticated, I mean, we would dive into the psychology and the sociology of our favorite video games and our favorite uh, films and the culture behind them. So we would um, really get into these conversations while alienating everyone else around us because we were getting a little too deep. And so those conversations slowly became, you know what? Maybe we can turn this into a podcast. Unfortunately, he's a terrible person and he is super inconsistent. So I was just like, you know what? I'm not going to wait for you. I'm going to do it myself. So if you're listening, you know what I said is true. And <laughs> <laughs> so I just started Super Tangent. I, I took a like a billion different courses uh, in 2017 from all sorts of, you know, online entrepreneurs and, and podcasters and things like that. I got really in tune with Twitter and Instagram, seeing what everyone else was doing and just kind of made it happen. I, I, I do a lot of music. And so uh, like digital music, I work with a lot of di- different um, digital audio workstations. And so the audio editing aspect of it, transferring that was very simple. Um, you're just basically going from instruments to just, you know, vocals and things like that. Uh slowly but surely learn that's a whole world unto itself but um being able to podcast has been really really good it's a um for someone like me i you know in in, i'm in anchorage alaska and i was born and raised here it gets very dark in the uh, winter so about six to seven months out of the year each day we get about three to four hours of sunlight which for oh geez Someone like me is terrible. Now, conversely, during the summer, we have what's called the midnight sun, where we get maybe 
in a 24 hour period, maybe 19 of those hours are sunlight. So it always looks like it's 2 p.m. And um, the sun goes down around midnight and the sun starts to go up around 2 a.m., 3 a.m. And it's like a one big party. So there's this odd contrast um, where it's like nothing but sunlight and then it's like nothing but dark. And it's like especially during those dark months, it's really easy to get depressed. Um, It's really easy to have cabin fever. And it's a really real thing here. And um, so podcasting kind of provided like a sort of a spiritual mental outlet for me, a a therapy kind of thing. Um, Mm. And that's what kept me like doing it. Even when I, the weeks where I just needed to take a little break, like I was really happy to, to have this. And especially because my whole life has just been being a nerd. Um, It's really nice now to be able to talk about it openly in the ways that it has Mm -hmm. formed me as a grown man and as a father and as a husband, as a son, and to look at it, look at these sorts of things from all different sorts of perspectives and to gain perspective as well, um, to make fun of what I hate, but to also hear about why other people love those things as well. Um, I remember my first episode, the last 10 minutes, I think I just spent ragging on how much I hated the sequel to Independence Day. I just thought it was the worst movie <laughs> of all time. And then later on, had a few people come to me and explain why they enjoyed it. And, you know, it's like little things like that. And so it just kind of a, is yeah. a testament to the fact that like we as, as geeks or nerds or however you want to call it, like there's just something about this culture that brings so many different people to the same table in a way that other mm-hmm. things don't. And especially in 2020, it's so necessary to be able to communicate with people in, in a positive way where you can disagree like a grown up and argue like a grown-up and walk away still being friends. That's so important. Um, so super tangent, I want to I want super tangent to continue to to be able to contribute to that legacy. Um and to just to do something positive. So that's kind of what I guess the podcast and blog is about. I love that. I do too. I really like what you said about how it's something that brings so many people from all walks of life to a table of something in common mm-hmm. um, because yeah. it does, it, it does feel really like a family, even if your family is really dysfunctional and mm-hmm. like all, you all like different things and have strong opinions and there's still that common ground. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's important to acknowledge that. Definitely. What resonated with me a lot is that you said that people can talk about it and disagree with things. Um, as grown-ups and as, as adults and acknowledge that they have different opinions but then you can still be friends about it mm-hmm. and I think yeah. that it's something that in the last I don't know a couple of years or something is getting lost a bit more and more because this agreeing to disagree seems to get even more difficult in a weird mm-hmm. way and I'm not sure if that's mainly due to I don't know Twitter being the way it is and social media being the way it is, but it's just something that you seem to notice as well. That it's not that easy anymore to to not just jump onto the cancel culture train and be all like, well, you suck and I Mm -hmm. won't talk with you ever again anymore because you're an idiot and we don't agree on this, so we can't can't be friends anymore, basically. 
like in yeah. kindergarten when you don't want to invite anyone to a birthday party <laughs> because you don't like them anymore. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been seeing this post go around Instagram um, and I'm going to make it our own. And it's like when we say we agree to disagree, it's like we agree to disagree on, you know, who's who's better, Thor or Loki, not are you a racist bigot, not are you transphobic. It's mm. like we, we we agree to disagree on like pop culture. We don't agree to disagree right. on human rights. Absolutely. That's super important. Yes. And I love I love how lately like one has really been influencing the other, you know. Um mm-hmm. you're seeing lots of progressive things in pop culture and social media that doesn't necessarily um surrender and subscribe to the count the cancel culture mentality, but it does uplift minorities and educate everyone else on how to do things in a very um i guess in a well yeah in a positive way but also in in an organic way there there is such a thing as being disingenuous in your efforts to be representative and um you know positive or give minorities the spotlight whether they're women whether they're uh, you know, black or Asian or whatever. And American in particular has a really big problem with that. Um, and in 2020, it, especially with can- cancel culture, um, a lot of people online think they're fighting for something and they're not. They're just angry. Mm-hmm. And they're just looking mm-hmm. for things to be angry about. The biggest example of that, I think, and I'll just never forget this because I was just so furious about it was when um, Ahmad Arbery was was shot and killed. Uh, a black man running through his neighborhood and was shot and killed. And um, around that same time, what I noticed on Twitter wasn't uh, wasn't his name trending. It was Robert Downey Jr.'s because people had just discovered somehow that he had played a character wearing blackface in Tropic Thunder. And okay. There was this whole like it just it it was absolutely ridiculous. But there was this whole short-lived cancel Robert du- Robert Downey Jr. moment because there was these people who just realized he just did this movie with blackface twelve years ago. I had never seen it, therefore have no context as to why it was okay and why it was actually hilarious and successful. But they were more worried about that than Ahmad Arbery, which is like that's the mm-hmm. real world. And so yeah. it's like, it's it's really easy to get, like you said, this kind of like on the cancel culture train and feel like you're fighting for something when in reality, you're, you're just missing the entire point. And I think, um, you, know, you know, a lot of good shows on Netflix and HBO Max in particular, Lovecraft Country and Watchmen are just doing a spectacular job of just bringing these things to light. And not in a really dumb way. Like there's a lot of stuff in the past where it's just like all good people are, all black people are good, all white people are bad. And it's like, I hate that mentality. I hate that logic. Mm-hmm. And I'm blessed to live in Anchorage, Alaska, which is statistically one of the most racially diverse cities in the entire United States. Um, but it is just such a terrible rhetoric. And so we're in an era, I think, where nerddom and pop culture is doing a really good job, I think, of educating you know everyone on every side on how to do this organically and together um, instead of individually. There's no you people here, you people there. It's like, we're, we're in this together. We're going to get out of it together or not at all. So 
Do you think this is, I mean, we totally skipped the rapid fire round, but I think it's fine because it's so much more interesting. It's so interesting. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't think... mean to mess up the structure. No, it's no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Do you think that pop culture became more and more educational in the last couple of years? Or is that something that was always part of of it all? Did it always have this educational... Because I do find myself thinking that as well. Like, if you look at a lot of Marvel movies, just the representation in various forms and kinds, for example, and how things are portrayed often is just where you're like, this is what what we need now because people watch that stuff all the time and that, that hits the masses now. And, and we need more more things like this where people watch it and they're like, oh, is that that's how it goes and LGBTQ people can be everywhere and black people can be everywhere and they're not always the stereotypical, dangerous, whatever kind mm. of bullshit um, stereotype that, that is portrayed so often before. Do you think it's now a bit more like that in pop culture or was it always a bit the more educational kind? I think major studios have always been aware of mm -hmm. um of these sorts of things and have always sort of been in tune i don't think that it's always been super educational i i think that now it's very very intentional um because it has to be they're they're really mm. don't really have a choice anymore um and you know it, it's kind of i go back and forth about about it and about how certain major studios are, are, are going about it. You know, um, progression is, is such an interesting thing from a sociological point of view. And when we talk about it in pop culture, in DC comics and Marvel comics, we see a lot of people who agree with it and a lot of people who don't. One of the biggest examples I think I have of that is like what they did. I don't know if you guys have seen the Iron Fist show on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I have, yeah. You did. No, um, Monica hasn't. Monica, I'll, I'll tell you something because it's part of the whole d defenders, whatever. It's the worst of them all. Um, it's, <laughs> in my opinion, it's like, it's good, but it doesn't quite, you know, but it's a good mm -hmm. show. I, it, it I would personally recommend it. It missed a few marks. Yeah. But I do like it. And mm -hmm. I've, I've watched it and rewatched it. And it's, it's a good show. Um, but I remember the controversy of them casting um, Finn Jones from Game of Thrones as Danny Rand, who is Iron Fist. And Iron Fist is a white blonde guy who uses martial arts and a bunch of other super heroic skill sets to fight the bad guys. And I you mean, know, me, me and my older brother, I only have one sibling. We were raised on a lot of 80s comics um, and a lot of late 70s comics as well. So we're familiar with kind of more obscure characters like Monica Rambeau, the black uh, Captain Marvel, and power pack and you know you know the defenders guys like luke cage and iron fist and one of the most important things about iron fist is the fact that he is white like unlike a lot of other superheroes who just happen to be white iron fist's whiteness is a huge part of his story it's a huge part of his context in his story he is the minority when he goes to kunlun mm -hmm. and is trained by all these people it's like he's just like a you know kind of a you know, entitled rich white guy and an American white guy, no less. And when he gets a part of this other culture, he adapts that culture. He doesn't appropriate it, but he is taught in their ways. And then he takes that back home to New York and defends New York 
with a range of other New York superheroes because all the Marvel superheroes are in New York. So when <laughs> <laughs> so when the Iron Fist TV show was announced after Luke Cage, um, and that was a very great show, by the way, mm-hmm. people were mad because um, there was a certain controversy about Iron Fist being white. And a lot of white people were like, why can't he be Asian? We This is be a great time for Asian representation. And I had to sit back and think about this. And I was just like, this could be a good thing. But at the same time, why do we need the only martial artist here to be Asian? Mm-hmm. Is it mm-hmm. because we think that's what Asian people should be doing? Like, oh, this is what they do. And we want to be entertained by what we perceive as a, what an Asian needs to be doing? Or or do we genuinely, do we actually care about getting an Asian in there? Because yeah. no one said this about Daredevil. Yeah. No one said this about Jessica Jones. No one said this about anyone else. Uh-huh. So... You know, it's things like that where I really have to just step back and say, is this an educational moment or is it something as simple as Marvel just trying to be faithful to the source material? So Mm -hmm. I don't think it's always been educational and I think it doesn't always need to be, you know, Um, I think it's perfectly fine that, you know, the six Avengers in the 2012 movie were all white. There's nothing wrong with that. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong that the version of Iceman that we got in the earlier X-Men films was heterosexual. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but I do feel like now there really isn't a choice. Now studios really have to step up. Studios really, ne- not not everyone, not every show, but a lot of them need to step up the way that HBO Max is stepping up with Lovecraft Country and and their Watchmen show, which was phenomenal. Um, and really take this fun medium, this comic booky, super heroic, nerdy medium, and use it as an educational platform so that everyone can come to this class and leave the class learning the same exact thing. In the 90s, it wasn't like mm. that, I don't think, you know? And yeah. in the 80s, I don't think it was like that. And again, that was fine. We just live in a time where it's more important than ever um, to do that because everyone is zoned in. And now that everyone's homeschooling due to Corona, even little kids are on their screens all day. So yeah, there's like, it is just too risky to not just get in tune with, with what needs to be done now. Before it didn't have to be done, but mm. now it absolutely has to be. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. I think you know, maybe not in terms of race or sexuality, Um, like pop culture never didn't used to like really put any emphasis on that. But I think that they're, especially for, for women's rights, like with the introduction of Wonder Woman and the introduction of Carol Danvers as like really strong characters. I think that there was uh, a start there, like comic books, pop Mm. culture has always been a bit more open accepting pushing what should what should be rather than like a lot of other industries um Mm -hmm. and i think they have been pop culture has been more on the forefront of fighting for human rights than many other industries i'm not saying they're perfect god no um but i think like compared to uh just mainstream hollywood for example um like there has been a lot more progression in terms of bringing the the right people into focus when it needs to be like in the fifties, forties, fifties, sixties with wonder woman and Carol Danvers. And um, like, I, I think black Panther comics came out around the same time. Um, and now mm-hmm. like there's increasingly more representation um, now that our society needs more of that representation. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying it shouldn't have been there before, 
um, because of course it should have been, but um, we're, we are getting getting there. Yeah, I think they're also still a pro like a result of their own time because yes, while um, like Wonder Woman and even Captain Marvel, Carol De Carol Danvers basically were so revolutionary back in the days, they still went through that character progression where they then also all all of a sudden then made um, Captain Marvel part of Miss Marvel or or Captain Marvel was a guy first and then they got mm. like these weird stories where that also Wonder Woman was first the super fierce hardcore woman and then all of a sudden it was all about weird relationships and she was like like that was also mm. all part of the time that the comic was situated in and when they was when it was written so and now I think it's just probably also as Justin already said so necessary to to do it and also at the same time not even it's not even about it being so being so revolutionary it's just portraying reality and reality mm. is diverse and it shouldn't be something special that there are right. black characters in a book that do absolutely the same thing as white things as white mm -hmm. characters do or lgbt people lgbtqia plus people in the book that are just in a book because of whatever not because they are queer but because they exist and they live a, a normal life like everybody else and i think maybe that's just because that happens a bit more now it seems so revolutionary but it's actually more of the mirror that society like that's all our society it's, it's never been any different but we just see it now more and then people are also why is it all so new and we're and i'm like yeah but we've always been like that women have always been strong and fierce badass people mm -hmm. and not just at home behind the behind the oven and in the kitchen and shit and, right. and, and all the other stereotypes that are always portrayed so often in in various other things or have been portrayed it's yeah. just not the case and it needs to be way more normal on how we how that is actually normal what we see what we deem is so revolutionary right now yeah yeah no i i totally agree it shouldn't be this wildly special thing it should just be the way things are and the way things always should mm -hmm. be um one of my favorite film franchises as stupid as these movies are the fast and furious movies i <laughs> i love those stupid movies and i can't explain it i'm not a gearhead i'm not super into cars you know um i just always love those movies and one thing like looking back that i love about oh gosh there's eight of them now and a spinoff and a ninth one coming next year and looking at the main cast of those films oh i just love that they do this i i feel like the fast and the furious films looking at the main cast and even some of the villains really represent what america looks like and what the world looks like you look at the cast and the colors of each character and everyone's different you have two black males which in a large group of characters in a non-black movie is kind of revolutionary because you usually just have the one token black guy who usually will get replaced by another one um but instead you have two consistent black males you know you have um yeah i mean vin diesel you know you have uh, a large emphasis on hispanic characters you have letty you have mia um, you have Han, who's South Korean. You have, you know, it's just like such, oh, and Giselle played by um, Gal Gadot, you know? Um, and so it, it's just, um, they just did a phenomenal job of representation to me and and keeping 
badass women, badass from from day one. These characters weren't in their infancy in the first film, and then they grew up to be, you know, good race car drivers or criminals or whatever because they were taught by the men. No, they were better drivers in the first movie, you know. And yeah, I've only seen like the first couple movies, and I was like, these women are great. They're fantastic. And yeah, that's so, I think that's so important. You know, it's not like it got all macho when The Rock came in. The Rock was just a complimentary addition to all these other characters that are already badass. And The Rock being half black, half Samoan, again, just kind of uh, just brings in even more culture to to those film franchises. And I just think that sort of representation should be normalized. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would just like to catch up on a few things that happen in chat because there are so many good comments today. Tom Turtle says that while he thinks representation without tokenism is important, um, he's also wary of people stripping out the important bits. He's just—he's not just a human. His identities have shaped him, mm. which I find like can totally see that. And um, the other Tom, so three extra lives. Tom said something <laughs> I find interesting. Uh, is if a new series starts or a video game and the main character or a side character is a person of color or LGBTQIA+, uh, I see people with a narrative that this is pandering, um, like ticking a box, which is fr- frustrating because I totally get on board with geek culture opening up more diversity, which I agree, this shouldn't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Did I read that all properly? <laughs> yeah, I do see that. Um, I-, I see that a lot if... If um, like a, a diverse character is is created and their main character and like you know the token token white audience is like oh you're just pandering to to those people over there and we don't actually need this and it's like well the fact that you're saying that yes means we do need this number one um, and yeah. number two like what difference does it actually make right like, it, it, to you as a white person uh, say you're like cis straight white as like you know, not diverse as they come. Um, <laughs> what difference does it make to you to see somebody that you're like, okay, they're different from me. Whereas to somebody who is black, somebody who is gay, somebody who is like, doesn't mm. identify as with a gender is like, whatever, like they're different, different than this white, cis, straight, normal, boring, vanilla thing going on, which is nothing wrong vanilla. with vanilla. <laughs> you know, what I mean. um, um, yeah. like it makes a, such a difference to the person being represented, but it doesn't actually like it doesn't impact any like a a straight white cis person's life other than being like, oh, there's mm. somebody else there, oh, there's somebody that's not just exactly the same as me. It m- yeah. must be nice. For yeah, somebody. I mean, if you see that, like personally, I experienced that 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 revelation moment first when when I saw Captain Marvel in 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 the cinema, it was like this is fucking epic. And then mm-hmm. just recently because of Chadwick Boseman's passing and um, I watched a lot of videos where people just lost their shit when they saw the the Black Panther poster for the first time when it's like, this is how white people mm-hmm. feel all the time. And just yeah. also very recently with the Spider-Man um, Miles Morales game that is coming yeah. out and they are like portraying um, Salem and uh, like Halem, uh, some some place in new york sorry i'm not very <laughs> knowledgeable with where harlem. that is in new york harlem what harlem? yeah um and he harlem. was just walking okay. like through he, like you saw the guy watching the clip of the of the video material of the game material and he was just walking past there and having all the cultural things there that, that that's that is mm-hmm. part of him and he was so there was nothing happening in the game and you couldn't even 
totally see what was going on. Like I had no idea that this was so important as a white yeah. person who can't like relate. And he got, he was moved to tears just because they were passing through the street and seeing things that related to his culture, which he has right. never seen before. And I'm like, just because of that is why representation fucking matters always. And mm-hmm. it's not just, we see us, everywhere all the time why should other people not see themselves because it's not like we're like like we're yeah thinking we're so superior but we're not and that we're just as yeah (sighs) never mind (laughs) no i totally more representation absolutely and i would also add that like by changing a character who has been created as as a black character as a queer character as a insert other diverse character to say like oh you're absolutely white we'll just make them white and cis and straight again that's just pandering to those people (laughs) you know Mm. and that actually is pandering um whereas like creating diverse characters i think is is not pandering at all it's just representing the people that exist in our world Mm. yeah and to put it into perspective the opposite maybe it's an extreme opposite but the opposite of representation is pretending an entire group of people simply do not exist and Mm. that can't be okay in any regards the and one problem is and that 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 comment was really interesting because i do believe pandering is a real thing it it goes along the lines of disingenuous representation it's usually Mm -hmm. you know oh we should present this character this gay character um but instead of really doing your research about what this person is like or what this person should be like, you just base it off the stereotypes in your head and just shove them in there and say, he's expendable, he or she is expendable, he or she is replaceable. Um, and it just looks bad. And it's a very poor representation. Um, that is historically consistent, especially in Hollywood. Um no one likes pandering. It 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 mm. doesn't do good for anyone. The majority, the minority, the studio. It, it's just terrible. So representation is important, but accurate representation is also very important. One example of a really shit representation and a pretty shit move in general from Marvel was when they had that. What was it in Endgame? Endgame was the last one, right? So it was Infinity War and Endgame. And I think in Endgame. You had the where they were having this work. Captain America had this therapy session, group session with people, and mm-hmm. one of them was talking about how his husband was snapped away and was was a man. And then it mm-hmm. turned out that it was a the the one of the directors or producers or something from yeah. the movie who right. portrayed the gay the gay person and i'm like and who isn't even gay in the first place i'm like that was really fucking weird right that is pandering because yay we have Mm -hmm. one gay moment in the movie and right that is not even portrayed by a gay person or anything you just thought it was you had to do it yourself because nobody else could have done it better than you right big big question so i thought that was weird too um because yeah. I recognized him, you know, like maybe a lot of people didn't yeah. know who the Russo brothers are, what they look like, but they also yeah. cameoed in the Winter Soldier. So it's like when I saw him playing this character, I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. 
I mean, and, and I guess that's kind of the beauty of acting is that you can be a gay gay person in real life and and portray a straight person or vice versa mm. or whatever, whatever, whatever. But you know, do it well and and do yeah. it carefully. You know, um, because you, you don't just want to not offend someone. You're representing an entire people, even if that's even if you don't think so. Maybe you just think you're channeling just one person. But the thing with minorities is, and I just saw this in a comedy skit recently. It's really entertaining, but it's like this idea that like if you saw if you met one gay person your entire life, one person who was part of the LGBT um, community, just one, and they did something weird, you're not gonna go home and you know to your spouse and say. Hey, honey, I saw this one person do this really weird thing. You're going to say, no, gay people do this really weird thing. The entire community does this really weird thing, you know, and mm. it's like it's a dangerous mindset. But that's how we act with 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 minorities, with with women and yeah. and with children, even, you know, all kids do this thing yeah. or all black people do this one thing. And so, yeah, accurate representation is just as important as the as representation conceptually, because you can do it wrong. And that yeah, is yeah, toxic. Sure. Yeah. Tom said in chats again, asked about whether we talked about the Oscars checklist. And I just asked because I had no idea what he was talking about. And he said they have a diversity they have diversity requirements for movies that can be nominated. And he talked about it with his best friend during brunch. And he was like, You can't constrain art. And he mentioned that it was a really low bar. And I also keep mm. wondering how I and I personally wonder what requirements there are because wasn't there just very recently or at least two or three years ago this all white Oscar situation where they didn't even have anyone nominated that was black or anything at all so I'm like yeah. what diversity bar is there that that, that then last year uh, the year before I think yeah. I think it was the year before and uh, I, don't, I don't have too many thoughts on that except I'm not surprised <laughs> to be honest yeah. like yeah. It's not good. It's unacceptable. But I saw that coming a mile away. You know. Um, yeah, that is true. And I and I stopped caring about award shows a long time ago. Anyway, it's like that to yeah. me. That's not a metric <laughs> of success. It's not a metric yeah. of quality. My my favorite movies haven't won any awards or anything like that. So to to me, mm -hmm. th there is a very important validation because those award shows are not just an American thing. They're globally recognized. Um, mm. and, uh, that's kind of important. I mean, actors don't just act for the money. They act for the recognition. They act for the legacy. They act because it's what they're passionate about. And those award shows aren't just about handing out trophies to whatever, whatever it, it really is about acknowledging what one person does to another. It's about the acknowledgement that your influence is not just about your money. It's about your passion. It's about how good you actually are. Um, you know, when, um, I forgot what award it was, but before he passed, Chadwick Boseman, uh, you know, dedicated one of his awards to, uh, Denzel Washington, who I think at the time mm -hmm. had no idea that he had such an impact on Chadwick Boseman. And so it's like little things like that, little things, the big things like that, mm -hmm. where it's like, it is important to have representation at award shows like that because you can walk away from an award show with this mentality that only white people make good stuff <laughs> and yeah that's it or only straight people make good stuff yeah that if you're transgender it's low quality if you're whatever you know if you're hispanic if you're not 
first generation American, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, so that sucked. That situation was sucky, but. I think that's mainly the reason why, yes, while we don't really care, like also, I, I mean, I look at the results and then that's, then I move on with my day, right? Just because I'm yeah. curious and, and I look at them, but don't really give them too much attention of mine in general. But, but the ones who win, is also kind of that the, the winners that it influences where the money goes because the That's people that, which is why i assume like what i assume because when you win something like this then people will want you in your movies and movies that you're in they will be probably um higher financed i assume <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 that all becomes like the when you're a director then people will probably pay you more if you won the oscar for for example um that, or if you won any point. proper awards so we would need and and i do think that is probably really hard to get financed and all that so that's why i'm like yeah we need more representation everywhere in general as well also in the winners of the oscars even if we don't give a shit because otherwise we will just perpetuate the constantly cis white trail trail straight <laughs> um <laughs> wow um and just hard. put more money in the same box that's already so full of money or anyway instead of yeah. giving it to people who who would do really great stuff with it um yeah yeah and that and Tom mentioned about Zendaya winning in Euphor winning the Emmys for Euphoria and everybody's so oh my god, how could she? Um because she's amazing. Yeah. She's, amazing. And, I think that, uh, she's like the youngest woman ever to win a lead actress in the Emmys. Um I wow. think that's 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 from what I've seen, that was the main uh the main outcry. Uh and I've only seen positives like Zendaya's amazing. And she she was against dude. Against, against like Olivia Coleman, against Jennifer Aniston, right. uh, a few other bigger ones. And then um, that's also, I think, what people were like, whoa. Yeah. She deserved it, though. It it wasn't really a snub. It wasn't it. pandering. Like, she yeah. filled that yeah. role. Perfect. I haven't seen you for it, heard- but I've seen a lot of other things that she's in and, like, talent exudes out of her. Yeah. yeah. 24, man. What the I fuck? <laughs> Uh, my life at 24 was way different (laughs) (laughs) i mean it is now as well but there we go (laughs) exactly yeah gosh yeah zendaya is fantastic but yeah i've only already before i already heard euphoria is just really crazy oh yeah sandra oh i forgot about her how could i oh yeah she's i like her her a lot yeah yeah i like her a lot yeah but yeah yeah i mean it it is a wonderful thing too to see like to see someone so young do something like that i you know yeah. I, she, she's she's mixed i believe half white half black and uh i look at my daughter who is half white and mm. i i see that just because of that she's in a particular position in this world a position of, of greatness and of potential oppression um already mm-hmm. And things like, you know, Breonna Taylor's killing, things like that scare me because I don't want, I mean, who would want that for their kid? You know, no one. I just, it it blows my mind to think that I have to raise her in a world where people who look like her in 2020 are being treated like her ancestors were or her great grandparents were. 
you know, in the 50s and 40s and 30s in America. And it's as a dad, it scares me. And so when when controversial films or films that address certain things, even imperfect ones like the uh, the 2016 Ghostbusters movie, which which <laughs> <laughs> I there are about multiple, the <laughs> uh, there's multiple dissertations in my mind about that film, because like the the 1984 original is, in my opinion, literally the greatest film ever made of all time uh-huh. in any genre. No one can tell me anything else. It's the only movie that matters. And so the 2016 Ghostbusters was like, in my mind, I was like, you know, that was good. But that's it, man. Like, you know, and so, but my daughter sees it and she's like, oh yeah, there are lady Ghostbusters too. That's freaking awesome. It makes a super simple point, right? Because after 1984 and before 2016, if you read the comic books and you watch the cartoons, there have been multiple female Ghostbusters. Like that's not a new concept. Right, there were not just male Ghostbusters, um, but the film really brought it to light, and it brought it to light with a great director, with a insane studio. I mean, Sony's crazy, you know, and met marvelous actresses that and Earth. Sorry, had to add this <laughs> in there. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but absolutely, and all four of them are more concerned about a great product, about delivering great jokes, yeah. about leaving a legacy behind instead of looking good for a, a, a straight male audience, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is true. You know, I think that's absolutely magnificent. And so I, I think that my, my whole point was just that seeing things like that, seeing the seeing that Disney Plus is working on a Miss Marvel TV show starring Kamala Khan, who I believe is the first like Muslim American, you know, teenage mm-hmm. superhero, superheroine, like that's yeah. just super cool. Um, they're working on Young Avengers stuff, you know, America, Miss America, what's her name? America Chavez, I think, who's like mm. Latina and bisexual. And I just think that's nice. phenomenal. I, I cannot wait to see that, you know, live action. Um, it's like, that's the stuff my daughter's going to get to see, you know? Um, yeah. She can watch Captain Marvel with me and not only be inspired by Carol Danvers, but also by Monica Rambo, who grows up to be the next Captain Marvel. It's just like, there's just so much exciting oh, so things. For her. I love her. <laughs> yeah. Just, <laughs> she, ah, just makes me so happy. And so that kind of reminds me, it's like of the importance of this, of stuff, of this stuff, like being a geek, mm-hmm. being a nerd, having that influence. It's like life isn't all about Black Lives Matter. It's not all about fighting police brutality. Sometimes it's about kicking back and fighting for what's right in your own way. And mm-hmm. I think Stan and his legacy did a great job of doing that. I think Jack Kirby did a great job of doing that. Um, I think, you know, I think even Zack Snyder, I didn't like the Justice League film, <laughs> but looking at the characters who are playing these traditionally white, straight characters, and I'm, maybe they are all straight. I don't know. But for the characters that were portrayed in there, who would have thought that someone like Al Gadot would be portraying Wonder Woman, you know, or someone like She's Jason so Momoa? And she was great Jason in it. She was so don't get her started. Don't say his name. <laughs> I don't know. We're on a 20-minute tangent on how amazing Jason Momoa is. Oh, yeah. No, I would. Yeah. If, if. I mean, I'm, I'm a straight man. If he asked me to marry him, I'd be like, you know what? Let me ask my wife. I'll get back to you. 
You know, he's just he's he's <laughs> absolutely fantastic. I, I can't imagine your ma- your wife disagreeing on that. She would be like, "Let's do a throuple." <laughs> yeah, she'd <laughs> yeah, probably invite him to dinner first. Like, let me get to know yeah. him. <laughs> get to know I him. We would be able to blame each other. It's fine. <laughs> uh, it's Chase Momoa. There's nothing to blame. Even my boyfriend, when we went to watch Aquaman and he had his first show up, he was punching me on the side and was like there he comes and i'm like i know i know <laughs> don't have to tell me oh i know <laughs> i know it's so great but yeah you know hollywood studios are are getting it they're really getting it and um it's a beautiful thing it really is mm. <sighs> i just go call up and- now. <laughs> what have you done <laughs> Might might do, but it's fine. I'm totally focused here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll warn you next time. I'm about to bring him up. I know this is this is a regular, like especially in the last two months. This is quite oh. a regular thing that we've just. Oh, I in the last few months. It's all I have during Corona. Corona now. Don't oh. blame me for this. <laughs> I understand fully. I understand fully. When you said cabin fever before, I was like, yeah, we all have that now, don't we? Like everything mm-hmm. is just fucking cabin fever all the time. Yeah, it's a drag. Um, I, it is. Yeah. It is. Um, I know that this has been a really lighthearted end to uh, one of the, like a really powerful conversation, but I just want to thank you, Justin, for your insights into you know race yeah. and 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 nerdity and pop culture and like why representation matters not just to women because Monica and I talk about it all the time. Like it's so great to see women, but it's also nice to hear other perspectives and everything on it from, from someone well, so well-spoken um, in these issues because you have your podcast and you talk about this and it, it, I just love it. So thank you for, for being here with us. Of course. Well, thank you for having me. That's so like that, that made me think as well. And the chat is also very, um, very appreciative and ex- excited about the discussion that we have. So I just want to relay that as well. Yeah, well, thank you, everyone, and the chat. That's exciting. Thank you for engaging and uh, for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Tell us uh, where we can find you online and where we can hear your podcast. So my podcast is on, it's called Super Tangent. Um, and that's one word, super tangent. And uh, I can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So basically the big one, Stitcher's not that big, but it's there. I like it. And um, <laughs> all of my content, all episodes, um, inquiries about my audio engineering business and the blog can all be found on my website, which is super tangent pod, P-O-D dot com um i am no longer on twitter i am on instagram super tangent podcast and i am on facebook super tangent podcast so come find me bother me ask me questions and <laughs> stuff yeah. perfect and justin cool. has very recently joined the dragon powered studio discord channel um so but i haven't seen him since the day he joined <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't been on very much i i need to engage more i just yeah <laughs> so a lot of the people in chat are in the dps discord as well so you can hook up with justin there too yes indeed we put all of that in the show notes mm-hmm. and 
See you again for another amazing episode of Geek Caring next week. Thanks. Bye. If you like this episode of Geek Caring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Caring and over on geekcaring.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com.